You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. The title is, If It Came From Heaven, Hell Can't Stop It. And uh, ain't that right, Indy? Right. Amen. <laughs> Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Tonight, I just want to... Um, Teach a little bit and and hopefully you'll become strong and courageous. Um, None of us know what we'll have to deal with in this life. Um, And I shared with Buck about Bucky this morning and how strong and and he's just courageous. And I look back at the saints of God that I've buried, uh, not only from the church, but my mom and, and her mom. I can remember as a kid, her mother. My grandmother, uh, in, in the evening hours of her life, lifting her hands and just praising the Lord. And you could just see strength on display and courage that they wasn't fearful at all. So Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Have not I commanded thee to be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid. Now, let me just hold that there a second. And I didn't give this to the media. It was a last-minute thought. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So let's go back. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Whithersoever, somebody say, whithersoever, thou goest. Pastor Rita, bless the reading of the word. You don't need a mic. You got one? Okay, that's fine. Heavenly Father, it is with pure delight and pure joy that we come into your presence on this Sunday evening. This is your day, and we choose to be glad and rejoice in it. And you said in the text tonight, I have commanded you to be strong. That was not a request. It was not a weak plea. It was a commandment. So, Father, teach us how to be strong. Teach us, Father, to be the soldiers that you want us to be in this battle of life so that when we die, all hell rejoices because we're out of the fight. Father, I thank you for this night. I thank you for my pastor, and I pray tonight, Father, that you would anoint him from on high, and that this would be a service, Father, of all services, that you would set people free, Mm -hmm. that you would give us boldness, that we would learn something tonight, that we don't forget when the lights go out, Mm -hmm. but we can talk about it next week and next year and tomorrow, what we learn tonight. Anoint your word, anoint your service, and anoint our ears to hear, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, be strong and courageous. I want to be honest with you a little bit. Um, If you don't have strength, you won't have courage. If you won't have strength from the Lord, you won't have courage. I'd been healthy all my life. And I thought I was strong in the Lord and I thought I had courage. But I can be honest with you tonight and tell you that I was not as strong as I thought I was because it rattled me. But I want to learn from that. 
So the next situation that I face, and if the Lord tarries, there'll probably be other issues in my life or in my family's life, whether it be sickness, unexpected death, pain, whatever, we will probably, there's a good chance, go through something that is difficult. And I hope I can look back and glean from that and have the strength that the Lord has already given to us if we'll receive it. And then that strength will bring courage. Can someone say amen? amen. So in this text, this is a transitional moment between leaders, between Moses and Joshua. Look in your life, look back, and I would say we've all experienced transitional moments in our life. Some of you have transitioned from another church to this church. Some of you have transitioned from a relationship to another relationship, from a career to a different career, or I could go on and on and on. You cannot make it through life without transitional moments and if you want to make those transitional moments, you've got to have the strength, but also you've got to have the courage to step in to the new season in your life. Can you be honest with me? And this is just coming off the top of my head, what I've already shared with you. Can you look back now and see a transitional moment in your life that you couldn't have made it without the strength of the Lord and the courage that God gives you through the strength. Can anybody remember any kind of transitional moment like that? Then you ought to just put your hands together and bless the Lord. So here, here we have God shows up and the first thing he says to Joshua in Joshua 1 and 2, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. He's saying your mentor, your leader, your boss is dead. He's saying to Joshua, your spiritual father. This is where Joshua finds out that Moses is no longer around. That's a transitional moment, I'm telling you. When our pastor, Leo Polly, passed away and I was in Virginia singing down there and ministering and my mom called me at six in the morning and he'd not been sick and I knew when the phone rang, something was wrong. And she said, Pastor Leo wanted to be with the Lord. And I'm telling you, it was a transitional moment for not only me, but the entire church. So he tells Joshua, uh, he tells Joshua that Moses had died in order to reveal sometimes what lives, that God's got to reveal what's died. Does that make any sense? Some people tell me they like to have a new job, but they don't want the old one to dry up because we don't like change. I said it this morning. I probably didn't give a very good description of it, but I said it this morning. Do you hear me? He tells Joshua on the scene what died. Moses died in order to tell him what lives. 
God always begins by putting an end to our previous chapter. How many can look back now and say there's been a new beginning in your life because the old chapter died? Are you hearing me? Huh, Nancy? And it's a transitional moment. And without strength and without courage, I still remember when you called, when we got there, and her husband Pete was laying in the yard already gone, really. It's a transitional moment. Without strength, without the knowledge of the Lord, you never had the courage to make it, even though there's been painful days. And a lot of us in this room don't, Amy's shaking her head yes. A lot of us in this room, Rosie, shaking her head yes. A lot of us in this room, we don't know that particular transitional moment. But some of us know another form of a transitional moment is when divorce shows up at your door. And some know the divorce and some knows the death. And without them transitional moments, you won't, and the strength, you won't have the strength, excuse me, in those transitional moments, you won't have the courage if you don't have the strength. And there's only one place to get our strength, and that's from the Lord. So Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter six, verse four. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Newness. I, I like change. Not, not all change, but I like most change. I like newness, do you hear me? I believe that's one of the reasons we have grown down through the years. For example, Bike Sunday, we did it about 15 years in a row, should have stopped about 12. And after 15 years, some said, well, why did we stop that? Because they were used to that. But it was a transitional moment, just like our Christmas play, not having it this coming year. Why? Because there's a transitional moment in your life. If you do the same thing over and over, it gets boring, it gets dry, there's no anointing on it. God is about a new thing. So we can't, uh, Dave, can I, uh, can I uh, talk a little bit? I remember when we were in the garage. And it was, uh, at that time, we started with 23, and, and at, uh, at this time that I'm getting ready to talk about, there might have been 75 or 80 people, and it was a transitional moment that God was leading us to build a new facility on Haywood Road, and Dave Bennett wasn't having it. Am I right, Dave? Because he was used to what God was doing and he was used to where God was doing it. God is God, amen? And God will transition and God has newness to give all of us and we gotta have the strength that comes from the Lord to have the courage to step out of the dead zone into the living zone. Can somebody say amen and give God a hand clap and a shout of praise? We do not live to die, we die to live. Do you understand that? We do not live to die, we die to live. So what, what does that mean? We die to sin. And when we die to sin, we begin to live, right? Die to 
the penalty of sin and die to the judgment of sin. Free, we become free from sinful habits, from sinful control, sinful bondage. Anybody been set free by the blood of Jesus tonight? Come on, put your hands together, amen. Listen, I didn't say that we can live without sin. We are not perfect by any means, none. <laughs> I'm talking about the beach and the thongs. My dad, I'm telling you, my dad and my mom was godly people. And my wife and I was sitting there on the beach and we was talking about all this going on around us. She said, if your dad was here, he'd say, I'm not looking. <laughs> <laughs> he was ornery, but he wasn't vulgar, amen. We're not gonna live without sin. We're not perfect, but we are free from living in sin. You hear me? There's a difference. We may sin, but we are free from living in sin. Romans chapter six, verse six, and I don't even know if I give this to the media team. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So I pray that you're not a servant to sin. Joshua was Moses' assistant. He followed him, he served him, and above all, he was loyal to him. And that brought back memories of before I ever dreamed that I would pastor. My pastor, Leo Polly, I followed him. I followed the Lord, but I followed his lead. I didn't worship him, but I honored him. And I can promise you, I served him and I loved him. And I was loyal to him. I think there's a lesson there. God shows up and he says to Joshua, Moses, my prophet is dead. Moses, the miracle worker, he's gone. Moses, the one that carried the rod, he's done. What does he say in verse two? All he says, my servant is dead. The greatest way God could decide you or I, could describe you or I, is that we would be called a servant. God's servant. Are you a servant? And I'm gonna go back and, and give a little history on myself. Before I ever dreamed that I would pastor a church, I told you I served my pastor. I helped him do anything that he needed done. And I'd mow the churchyard, clean bathrooms, set up tables, tear down tables, set up tables, tear down tables, set up tables, tear down tables. Till some days you got sick of it. Are you a servant or are you a soaker? We got a lot of servants and I could call them out here tonight. 
we got a lot of servants. We're very, very blessed. And I may call some out, Patty and Dave and your family and Mary are sitting right there and the whole crew that worked hours upon hours in vacation Bible school. I could go around the room, Steve, Rhonda, Randall. I shouldn't even open that can because it's, it's just, it's everywhere. The Lord shows up and he says, your mentor is dead. You ever think about this, that God knows when someone leaves your life? <laughs> he does not show up and say, I'm sorry for your loss. Do you read that anywhere, Pastor Rita? I hate to put you on the spot, but I know you're a studier. And is there any place at all that you can recall that the Lord says up, shows up and says, I'm sorry for your loss? Is there any place? What does, he, what's, what does he do then when you have a loss? He shows up and he says, I'm here. I'm here. How many has experienced a loss that was painful? I mean painful. Amen. The Lord shows up and he says, I am here. He don't have to say, I'm sorry. When my pastor, I don't know why I'm speaking about my pastor. <laughs> I ain't planning on checking out here in the next day or two. But uh, it hurt. It hurt me. Uh, I've never cried like I cried. Never. Never. And then had the privilege. But I want to tell you how God works. I didn't get in the podium to preach his, in the pulpit to preach his funeral. Out of respect, we had a black ribbon on the podium. And I preached his funeral from the floor. And... Uh, I had never stopped crying from the moment my mom called me to right up to when I stood up. And when I stood up to speak at his funeral, God dried my tears completely. I didn't sniffle, didn't do nothing. He didn't, God didn't say, I'm sorry, Robert, that I took your mentor. What he said is, I'm here. Nancy, God never said, I'm sorry. Rosie, God never said, I'm sorry. But you know as well as I do. He said, I'm here. Whew. Thank you, Lord. He shows up and he says, I am here. Why did God select Joshua? Anybody ever think about that? Why not Caleb or any of the other Israelites? Why there's things that we can do in our life that attract God to us. There's things that we can do in our life that will attract God to us. There was a woman with an issue of blood that pressed through the crowd and touched his garment. Am I right? There was something that she did that attracted God to her. Blind Bartimaeus shouted, so that attracted, right? Zacchaeus climbed a tree, so there's something that you and I can do that will attract God. What are you doing that is attracting God to you? Let's look at this. Joshua did something in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. Go there with me. 
And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Very important. I underlined that and made myself a note. Very important. Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. So they have a tent, right? And Moses would walk in there and he would talk to God like a friend. And throughout the Bible, the Bible speaks of us being a friend of God. We sing a song, I am a friend of God. Somehow, Joshua got in there too. Joshua had access to what Moses had access to. Very important. How did he get this kind of access? What was Joshua's job? He was a servant of Moses. That's what serving does. Serving gives access. When you serve others, you are serving God. God has a place for all that serve. So I'm gonna ask you again tonight, are you a servant? Serving God is selfless, Robbie. Alicia, showing up early, driving the bus. I see you pull in and I'm sitting in my office early in the afternoon. And then you're the last one to bring the bus back in and put it in the barn. Serving is selfless. It's not self-centered. What about the ones that work in the nursery? God help you. They got more dirty diapers in there. Shirley, how many years have you led the nursery? 20-something. Faithful. What about parking lot when it's raining and snowing and then we come buzzing in and don't want to park where they want us to park? Oh, Jesus. Funeral dinners. I got a list of stuff here. I could go on and on and on. Being a servant will give you access to things that other people never have access to. Being a servant puts you in the presence of God. That's what serving does. It gives us access to the Father in a special way. That's not only my child, that's my servant. He doesn't only know me when there's trouble. He knows me on Saturday when you're laying out the food for everyone else to get heavy on Sunday. By the way, I get to heaven. I pray there ain't no calories there. Can anybody say amen? amen. Can anybody get real spiritual and say, thank you, Lord? Amen. That's what I'm thinking. That's what serving does. Serving gives access Let's look into verse 11. And he, speaking of Moses, turned again into the camp. He's in the tent, but he leaves the tent. Moses had to go be with the people, had to go speak to them, minister to them. Joshua says to Moses, I know I work for you. I know you're my mentor. I know my assignment. I know I serve you. But now that I have felt what I feel inside this tent, now that I feel it, 
now that I've saw this and I know that you're leaving, is there any way I can stay here in his presence? The moment you make God, God's presence your priority, God will make you his priority. Somebody ought to, I've just seen Roger go to write that down. The moment you make God's presence your priority, even if it gets you in trouble with others, your life will change. God will make your life his priority. I know that. I'm a walking testimony. I know it for a fact. And when I don't make him my priority, everything changes for the bad in my life. Can anybody say I've been there? Why did God give Joshua the power to conquer the land? Because when Moses stepped out, Joshua stepped in. <laughs> I love that. A transitional moment. He didn't say, I'm sorry. He said, arise. When Moses stepped out, Joshua stepped in. Man, I didn't think about this either. There's been some difficult, rusty, transitional moments that we've made in a boardroom, in the privacy of seven men that we've wept. And honest, I can look back now and say some of them probably should have been made before we made them. But he's an on-time God. And every time we've actually stood up with the strength and the courage to face what the enemy had brought, did we not explode and grow every single time? So I don't know why this message is brought back in my spirit, but some people need to realize maybe here tonight that it takes strength and it takes courage in a transitional moment. And maybe you've dealt with some issues long enough. And by now, with all the words you've soaked up, you ought to have the strength in the Lord to have the courage to say, I'm stepping out of an old season and I'm going into the newness of life. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So when you choose the presence of God, I believe that you'll possess things that other people will not. And I, I, again, I, I'm going down a road that I didn't plan on, but I never, there is nothing special about me. Nothing. I, I, don't take me wrong. God created me. I know all that stuff. But I know who I am. And there is, only one thing that has allowed me to see things that God wanted me to see and to lead this group into is because I've never been afraid to step out of the old and into the new. And the older I get, it's a little bit more difficult. We get a little bit more complacent. So I don't want us to ever become complacent. Do you hear me? Because I believe our better days are ahead of us. 
as you've said before. So let's not be afraid. And that's when there's transitional moments, you say, Pastor, what is going on? There is nothing going on other than I believe God has used me tonight to speak an on-time word. Build up that strength and then have the courage to make that transitional moment. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's all about the presence. When you choose the presence of God, again, I'll say you'll possess things that others will never possess. People used to, Jim, laugh at me, laugh, call me names, preacher boy, go ahead, or dreamer, all that other stuff. It don't matter what other people say. Don't be afraid. The Lord says, don't be afraid. Fear not. Some people said no risk, no reward. It wasn't no risk because God said it was going to happen. That's why it wasn't no risk. Do you hear me? So we transitioned against Mr. Bennett's wishes. Love you, Dave. And we transitioned out on Haywood Road. And I heard the same thing, not from Dave. He learned his lesson. <laughs> but from other people. That transition. Now look how many people's come to the kingdom. Amen. Huh? Yeah, give God a hand. Can we do that? Look at your other neighbor. Well, you probably don't have another neighbor. <laughs> Tell them again, it's all about the presence. If you was granted one wish, anything from the Lord, what would it be? Indy? I want those 15 more years. 15 more years. Okay. John? Granted anything. Do what? You'd be afraid to say. That's an honest answer. I'm putting some people. John, what about you? Anything at all? Your family would be saved. Hmm. What do you think about that compared to what you asked for, Andy? Huh? I still want to be here to see my family saved. The psalmist was asked this question. Psalms 27 and 4, he said, One thing I have desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, to live each day in God's presence each day of our lives. It's honestly not everyone's desire. There's a lot of things that we'd like to have. My wife and I have a bucket list. And we talk, right now we're talking constantly about going west, you know, taking a few weeks and seeing everything out west. It's a bucket list, you know. But you know when it comes down to it, it's what God desires. And it's about being in the presence of God. And we can be in the presence of God in the Grand Canyon too, don't get me wrong. But it's about being in the presence of God. 
Let's be honest tonight. How many can say your life is a whole lot better when you're in his presence and you know that you're doing what God wants you to do? Amen. So we're going to wind this down. When you make God's presence in your life your priority, he will make the fulfillment of your life his priority. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? Huh? So let's focus on the presence of God. God's presence, it changes everything. Has God's presence changed anybody's life in here, huh? My goodness, when I look at what God's presence has done in my life, it's amazing. Moses was good, but Moses disobeyed God. Moses was good, but he never stepped into promised land, did he? He fell short. He saw it, but he never conquered it. Never conquered it. Get this, you are not like Moses. You are not like Moses. You are not just going to see it. I'm speaking this over you tonight because we're gonna be strong and we're gonna be courageous and we are going to conquer Amen. the things that God wants us to conquer in our lives. Can you join me in thanking for that? Stand with me tonight. Listen, you will possess what God has promised you. You gotta be courageous and you gotta be strong. I remember God giving me the vision of this whole community here. Wow. What a moment. What a moment. So I speak over your lives tonight. You will occupy what God has promised you. If God made you a promise, it'll come to pass. Someone say amen. Amen. I believe you'll step into the land of everything that God has promised you to step into the land. I, I believe, man, I'm going to step into things. I've been stepping in things all my life. <laughs> Whoa, I stepped in that this morning. And I was like, sometimes you get in things, you can't get out of it, you know. But I want to step into things God has promised and God has provided. Amen. Does anybody else want to do that? We got to be strong. We got to be courageous. So God says to Joshua, first, if you, know, if you mess up, aren't you thankful God's a merciful God? In Joshua 1, verse 3, normally we say that God said, wherever I put the sole of my feet, it shall be mine. No, that's where we mess it up. He says, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. I, when I stepped in this valley, there was nothing I did to receive it because God already gave it. And all I did was step into it. Does that make any sense? So there's all kinds of things in our lives that God has already given us that we don't have to walk on it and claim it. All we gotta do is step in it. Step out of some things that have you held back and step in 
to what God has for you, even if you're not comfortable with it or used to it, even if it's something different, be courageous enough to trust God because if God said go, God already made a way and God has a plan. Amen? Can we give God a hand clap of praise tonight? Just give me a moment. God says, I've already gave it to you. All you need to do is step in. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's already yours. I'm not talking about just land. He's already given you joy. Step out of that moany, complaining, bitter. Step out of that dead life and step into the new life. Be courageous. Say, I've whined and sucked my thumb long enough. Amen? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, quit sucking your thumb. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, step in. In Ephesians 1, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. God pushed Joshua. God provided for Joshua. Now God protects Joshua, and we'll close here. In Joshua 1 and 5, there shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee, and I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And this just come to my mind again. There's been a couple or three or four or five down through the 30 years of my ministry that's tried to harm me. And I never had to fight them battles because God not only provides for me, he protects me. You ain't got to fight your battles on Facebook. That's a coward way anyhow. That's a, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. You ain't got to fight your battles. Our battle's not with flesh and blood. The devil is a liar. Amen? And I've just trusted him down through the years. He's an on-time God. That song says, don't you know? Amen? He says, I'll be with you. Does he say, I'll be with you as long as you step in? That's not what he said. He said, I'll be with you as long as you live. So he's not saying to you and I, I'll be with you as long as you do what I ask you to, as long as you seek my presence, as long. No, he says, you know, we're his children. When our children mess up and they come back home, we, we receive them. At least I hope you do. You know, I know mine did. So when we mess up, he's still there for us. Step out and step in. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. So if it comes from heaven, hell can't stop it. In Joshua 1 and 6, be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. <laughs> so whatever God sends you from heaven, Nobody can bring it, stop it. Hell can't stop it. You hear me? Hell can't stop it. 
Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do all according to all the law which Moses, my service, servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Wow, be strong and courageous. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And Father, we ask you, Lord, God, to give us the strength that we need. Father, that we would seek the strength through the knowledge of the word of God. And God, from the strength, we would have the courage to step out of an old season into a new season. And God, I truly don't know what all you have for our families here, individually or corporately. But God, we want to be courageous and we want to step into whatever you would have us to do that would bring you glory. And God, I don't know what brings you any more glory than every week when you look down and see souls coming into your kingdom. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the souls that were added to your kingdom this morning. Lord, I pray that you go with us tonight. God, guide us and direct us. As every head's bowed, we never close a service without giving an opportunity. Is your heart right with the Lord? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior? If not, right where you're at, would you slip your hand high? Is there one tonight? Is there one? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m.